Welcome everybody to the next state update, monthly roundup of what all's going on with uh, school choice policy around the country. We'll just do a quick run around the horn. We're all kind of busy in states as sessions are slowly winding down, not enough of them to make our work any less than it has been. Nathan, why don't we start with you? Sure. Well, happy to be on the podcast again, talking about state updates. I um been talking about sort of the national perspective with all these different states with some local partners here in Louisiana for the past couple of days because Louisiana just had a universal ESA pass favorably through its first hurdle, Education Committee, House Committee. So I've been talking back and forth with some partners, some legislators about the national perspective. So it's good to sort of keep that conversation going. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start with Louisiana since I've already mentioned it. Universal ESA in Louisiana, almost the same exact bill, although it's been amended, that was passed last legislative session. It was introduced again this session. Partners are super, super excited for this. They're super pumped. They have lots of support, lots of legislative support for this. The biggest hurdle for this one continues to be the governor. He hasn't shown any indication that he plans to sign it, that he supports it. And so we just have to keep the conversations going, keep showing the legislative support, keep showing the parent support, showing that almost 80% of parents in this state support an education savings account and uh, how that benefits their families and their kids. So that'll be a fight. We're almost, we're not quite halfway through legislative session in Louisiana, so that'll continue to be the fight and the conversation going forward there. The education chairman is a big champion for choice, and so we work closely with him to get data and research out there to show other legislators that this is the right way to go. So that's it for Louisiana. Just left the Capitol there today. Moving on, Tennessee last week passed an expansion of their ESA pilot program. Finally, and they ended session. I believe it was on the last day of session when they did that. So that's great news. Although it's not a universal ESA, by any means, you're still expanding on an ESA program and serving more kids. That also continues to show legislators and elected officials there that it works and that's what parents want. And so as sessions and years continue on in Tennessee, we'll continue the conversation there as well. And that was an expansion just to more counties. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, they expanded out to a couple more counties. I believe it's Hamilton County and um, I forget the other one, but they've expanded out just to another county. So more kids covering more kids, which is great. Moving on to South Carolina this week, they should pass their ESA program, although limited a bit by funding at full implementation and full funding. It serves about 80 percent of kids in South Carolina, which is great to support from legislators and from leadership, especially in South Carolina. This whole session for this bill has been tremendous, which has been great. They've sort of gotten the bill through quietly, not big opposition um, from any big groups um, or any legislators, really. They've so they've, they haven't really amended it or changed the bill much, but they've kind of got it through that way. And so that bill was scheduled last week on the House floor but they've pushed it to this week. And I believe their session ends uh, at the end of this month or close to it. And so they're getting close to wrapping up as well in South Carolina. Uh, and so hopefully after, I believe today or tomorrow, they'll have a uh, an ESA passed in South Carolina and the governor's already said that he's going to sign it. And uh, that'll be great. And uh, be able to serve some kids in South Carolina. And that's another phased in plan. Is that right? Three years? Yes, I believe so. South Carolina has been at it for a long time, so maybe that's why it's uh, flying under the radar. What about North Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina, the big one. So they've had this whole session have been talking about educational freedom, educational choice, ESAs, and they actually had an ESA bill introduced 
earlier this session, but then they decided to go out swinging and they decided to expand their opportunity scholarships, their current program they have in place, expand that out to a full universal ESA. Tons, and I can't even remember how many co-sponsors, Mark may have to help me on this one, but tons of co-sponsors, leadership has signed on. They have tons of support. The governor has indicated that he is not for this program whatsoever, but because of the support that they have in the legislature, um, even if they don't fit this into a budget bill, they'll be able to potentially have the votes for a veto to override it. And so lots of good things happening in North Carolina. The bill's great, serves tons and tons of North Carolinians, families. And so very excited about what's going on there. That one, the first hurdle would be tomorrow, the Senate Companion Bill S-406 will be in Senate Committee tomorrow. And so that one's going to start moving on very quickly through Senate Committee and then the House version through the House committees. And so their session is a little bit longer than some others, but that one will move very quickly. So yeah, it's been a big year for this, just in the South. I know some other states have had some great success. So just in the South alone, we've seen some big programs and some big expansions pass. And uh, just like the conversations I've had with some legislators and some people in Louisiana, it's just indication that it's not reason to pass these programs. Rather, it's indication that this is what parents and families want, and this is the right way to go. So super excited what's going on here. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. I mean, it's a lot of Southern states, a lot of Midwestern states. I mean, obviously, Arizona being in the Southwest, kind of that frontier spirit and maybe some good old Southern charm is what's kind of pushing some of this stuff through. Caitlin, what about you? What's happening in your states? So Oklahoma, it's a waiting game. We are just waiting for the legislators to work together, not so patiently, because not only are all the education groups waiting, every other sector is also kind of waiting on education at the moment, because a lot of things are being held up in the crossfires at the moment. So the Senate has caucused for two days in a row now, seemingly about education, and the House is playing its normal game of chicken. And if the Senate only hears 20 bills, the House will play here 25 bills. So um, we are in our fifth month of the last month of the legislature in Oklahoma. So it's kind of where we stand with that. And seemingly everyone's giving education lobbyists and education policy groups dirty looks in the the rotunda because they all blame us currently, which is great because that just kind of signals that everyone understands that this is a big issue and it's important and something needs to be done. So sometimes it's good to be, it's good to be hated and it's, it's not true hatred. So they all do it with love and respect mostly. So um, the other state that I'm working in that I'm kind of waiting on is Texas. So Senate bill eight is kind of the one with the most momentum and that we've been following and caring about the most by Senator Crichton. It's passed the Senate and it's been referred to house public education committee so we're expecting it to get um, a hearing sooner than later. There are also three a- ESA bills, HB 4340, 3781, and 4807 that are currently under deliberation by the House Public Education Committee. So we expect at least one more committee hearing in the cu- next few weeks and then some floor votes as well. The, the House floor is going to be, you know, the biggest hiccup in Texas, but we've made some progress there, we believe, um, looking at kind of where legislators stand and we're working with groups in Texas to kind of see how we can help support um, the local efforts there with some of our research and data. So that's kind of it for right now. Um, gearing up in states that we worked in earlier this year, Wyoming is getting ready to start their interim process. So later in May, they'll start interim process to hear 
ideas for next year. And we're excited that school choice is on that list of topics that will be discussed. So, yeah. So even though there's no session, the work continues. It does continue. And just to show how different states are with legislative session, Nathan, tell me when Louisiana started their session this year. So Louisiana started on about three weeks ago. I forget the exact day, but they started about, this is their third or fourth week in session. And they end, it's a little bit shorter usual session. They end uh, the first week of June. So I believe they started like mid-April. Yeah, which for most states is pretty late. Most states start in January. Uh, Oklahoma is a little bit of an odd duck that starts in February. And then you've got good old Louisiana that starts in April. So got to love that. I did want to mention as well, Caitlin and Mark, the three of us were in Iowa last week for kind of a first ever implementation summit. And it was a gathering of about 230 private school leaders, parents, advocates, all together to kind of talk through what implementation looks like in Iowa, what are some of the best practices, how can we do this right to serve families. And I just thought it was a it was a kind of amazing thing to see. I mean, one of the things I kind of took out of it was the exchange between the vendor who's going to help carry out this ESA. Um, it's Odyssey. And so their CEO was there answering questions at a full hour, did his presentation of kind of what it would look like online to families kind of giving information on the vendor side with private schools, like what the application process might look like. So um, as you can imagine, very, very popular on that side. But I wanted to give you two a chance to kind of, you know, pick out your highlight from that uh, implementation summit. So I would say I was really impressed with all the questions that were asked. We've had a chance to kind of review those. And that's probably the thing. My biggest takeaway was I really appreciate the chance to hear admins questions and how schools the questions that they have going forward and um, because those are the things that we're going to need to address as we as more of these programs go into place is how we can assist them and how we can help those schools and get them prepared to move forward so yeah pretty critical and, and i would echo what caitlin said you know same thing with the questions from school leaders to secretary chad Allis and and to joe connor from odyssey you know just that operator perspective is so essential and I really enjoyed the parent panel, um, seeing, you know, albeit in other states, but Kimberly Dully in West Virginia, Shalimar from New Hampshire, um, seeing that peek into the future and emphasizing the importance on getting this right for parents and, you know, getting the user interface right. And so striking that balance of like, hey, this is a victory and we're jubilant. And now the real work begins and we've got a real responsibility to, to kids, parents and school leaders. Yeah, I mean, we we really can't afford for these programs to fail. There's a lot of families that are depending on it. And now we have, at my count, six states that have passed universal ESAs in one way or fashion, but universal meaning, you know, all families, all kids. And there's a lot of excited folks out there for the opportunity to, to have a different kind of education. So we've got to make sure that we all get it right. So, yeah, I mean, in, uh, in North Dakota, there was some um, unfortunate movement there. I know, Mark, you and I were kind of looking closely at that. They had a, I think it was a $10 million choice program, 3000 per kid, basically a voucher that the legislature passed and then the governor vetoed kind of the last hour. So that was unfortunate news. I know in Illinois, they have a tax credit scholarship program there that's pretty robust that they're trying to get extended. It's under a sunset provision. So if they don't extend it, the program dies. 
So we're trying to help out there as much as we can and, and get that program extended because I know a lot of kids and families depend on that. You know, Idaho, I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but Idaho ended their session without any school choice program again. Uh, they still have their micro grant and that's still going strong, which is great. But we'll continue to work in that state and hope for the best that they'll pass a, a robust choice program in the future. Some great conversations out there, some good folks, but you know, some typical hangups that we've seen over the past few decades. Mark, what about you? What are you kind of seeing out there in the policy world? So I think Nathan's right to describe the, the session in 2023 so far as exciting. We're also looking at Nebraska. They've got a tax credit scholarship program moving through their legislature, LB 753. And that's just got a couple of steps or two, fingers crossed, before that gets to the governor's desk. Idaho did pass an open enrollment bill, you know, which is not what we were hoping for, universal ESAs, but, you know, hey, we'll take it, more choices for more kids. In Pennsylvania, we've been waiting with bated breath for some of these bills to drop, and they're finally starting. House Bill 514 is sponsored by a Democratic representative out of Philadelphia named Ed Nielsen, and that's a targeted education savings account. It's about 90% of the state funds targeted to students with specific needs, so students with disabilities, military families, foster kids, and the like. There are seven Democratic sponsors on that bill and one Republican. So really interesting legislative development there in Philadelphia. We're seeing House Bill 311 has been introduced by Representative Malou McKenzie. Uh, that's a constitutional amendment for all money to follow the child to public school or private school, basically changing the default. So instead of those monies revolving around the district, they would center around the child, uh, which is what we want. And still waiting for updates on Lifeline Scholarship. We've got proposals out there from Senator Judy Ward, from Representative Clint Owlett, waiting on legislation to drop on those. And then there's a tax credit scholarship increase proposal from Philadelphia Representative Martina White that would increase the programs by $500 million. And just more broadly, I'm very encouraged by what we're seeing in the ed policy space, talking to Catholic school groups, talking to Christian schools associations, other educational organizations. And people get the ESA concept conceptually. You know, it, it seems like we've turned a corner where people would default to vouchers, default to tax credits or charter schools. And now they're starting to talk about ESAs and they're even starting to talk about universal ESAs. And it's interesting to see how some of these groups are responding to you know, looming ESAs and ESA implementation. In Iowa, talking to a bunch of school leaders, they're starting to think about not only, hey, how can we serve our kids? How can we serve our families? You know, they're thinking in terms of what other creative things can we do in our school, in our school space? For instance, the Catholic diocese so heavily subsidizes tuition. They're not going to have to do that anymore. That's going to free up budget space elsewhere. Well, can we pay our teachers more? I was just talking to a school principal who's creating a 401k plan for his teachers. This is creating innovation for those new kinds of thinking that we've been looking for in education. Uh, so Ed, we'll turn to you and I'd love to hear kind of what you're seeing as far as, um, you know, the bills that you've been tracking, what you've been seeing around the country and, you know, particularly kind of your, your home area of uh, the Northeast and what's been happening in New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joey. So just to give a short update now, New Hampshire, in the House, we did see 
um, two small expansions previously passed, and we are waiting to see what will happen there in the Senate. One of those bills increases the limit on the program from 300 to 350% of the federal poverty line. The other bill actually increases the eligibility for certain special groups. So we're watching closely in the New Hampshire Senate to see what happens there. We're also watching to see what may happen in the budget, see if any kind of expansion may happen there in the Senate. Regarding tracking across the country, it continues to be a momentous year for school choice. When I have started to group our tracking into two different groups, for today, we're calling Group A and Group B. So in Group A, this includes just bills related to ESAs, vouchers, tax credit scholarships, and Oklahoma's refundable tax credit. There are 103 of those bills in 40 states now. The percentage of those that are ESAs is 78.6%. Now, Group B is a little bit more broad, and um, I use this because a lot of these are worth talking about. They're a bit different than some of the categorization of Group A, but I do think they're worth talking about. Group B includes bills related to ESAs, vouchers, tax credit scholarships, refundable tax credits, tuition reimbursement programs, individual tax credits, micro-school bills, micro-grants, and bills related to favorable constitutional proposals to educational choice. For those bills, there are 131 in 43 states, which means just seven states now have not introduced bills related to school choice this year, which is really, really impressive. Um, and just one more thing to mention. Who wants to live in those states? <laughs> uh, no comment, because I like some of the states. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just one final um, stat to throw out there. There are now 81 ESA bills in 33 states. So again, uh, I want to continue to emphasize, as I've mentioned previously, ESAs are now king in this movement, as we continue to see, which is great for families because they're the most flexible and broad type of school choice program out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember when you started that list and it just keeps growing and growing. I, I figured it eventually would stop, but it hasn't. So and we're hoping to still get to 50 that I'm still watching those every day. So we'll see. <laughs> Good. We'll keep us updated. Well, that's it for us this month. Stay tuned and we'll probably have another robust round of updates next month. 